This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Washington, D.C., discussing a home invasion in one of D.C.'s most affluent neighborhoods. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the capital of the United States. Part 2. So, do you have a plan? What's your plan if someone breaks into your home? If someone breaks into my home? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Do you have, like, a, if someone comes in this way, I'm going to go out this way? Like, I mean, I have a basic, if it's at night... I'll go out the door that's closest to me. If I can't get out for whatever reason, I guess I would probably barricade myself in my bathroom. See, you usually have a plan. Hopefully call 911. Most of my windows are painted shut, so that that's kind of freaks me out. Not even for a home invasion, but what if there was a fire? I know. Trust me. I know. Now I'm nervous being here. These aren't up here. We're also on the third story. <laughs> third floor. You jump first and catch me. I would climb down my pergola. That's a good idea. Yeah. I've thought about that. Running upstairs and climbing down your pergola? No, like if I'm up here and something happens, I can open up a window, walk on the roof, and go over to that pergola area. Because then you can, you're not going to break a leg or anything if you... Well, let me tell you, one time that um, when I was in high school, I snuck out and wasn't supposed to be gone. My mother worked... You? I know. Isn't that shocking? That's My so mother shocking. worked 2 to 10, so she didn't get off work till 10 o'clock at night. So I was supposed to be home, but I was like, she's not even here, so how would she know? And my little sister was at a basketball game. I locked myself out of the house. So when Brittany got home, I'm like, get your key. Open the door. She's like, I thought you were supposed to be home, so I didn't bring my keys. So we had to climb through the attic in the garage to... We had an attic fan, so she was going to hold the attic fan oh, up, no. and I was going to, like, swing down. Mm-hmm. No. I dropped, like, a rock <gasps> and broke my tailbone. Did you really? So, just so you know, you think you can swing down off something, but upper body strength is not my specialty. And judging by your arms, <laughs> it's not your <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I can lift five pounds pretty well. Well, that's a gallon of milk, so. Anyway, why do Anyways, you Anyways, we digress. So, home invasions, that's like one of my, that's like one of the most terrifying things that I can imagine happening. To be home in your safe mm-hmm. spot. Like, that's your, that's your place. Yeah. And for someone to break in is completely terrifying. That's why I always say the movie The Strangers is the scariest movie for me because I could see something like that really happening. Well, yeah. And it's so freaky. So what you do. That is what my case is about. It's a home invasion where a family is held hostage for over 19 hours, tortured, and eventually murdered in one of Washington, D.C.'s most affluent neighborhoods, Woodley Park. Woodley Park. So this is like... Old money, diplomats, people hire private security on their own individual homes. Just the vice president lives. I mean, it's like, oh, it's, okay. It's, it's where, where a lot of politicians live. And exactly. Kind of gotcha. Exactly. So on May 13th, 2015, around 3 p.m., 
47-year-old Amy Savopoulos return home to her $2 million estate on Woodland Drive, where she and her husband, Savas Savopoulos, and their three children had moved in about five years prior. Their two teenage daughters were away at boarding school, and their 10-year-old son, Philip, had stayed home that day because he wasn't feeling well. So Amy had been out running errands, and Philip stayed with her housekeeper, Vera, because Vera and Philip were really close. Amy was a stay-at-home mom, but she was on a lot of boards and did a lot of philanthropy, and so she was busy. Yeah. So anyways, so when she walks in, she could see that the house was ransacked and that someone was inside. Was anyone there yet when she got there? Like, was her son in the house? They were already home? Yeah, he didn't feel well, so he stayed home. So he was already, okay, she went out, she came back, got it. So around four, Savas received a call from Amy saying that she didn't feel good and that he needed to come home and take care of Philip. So Savas was across town working on his new dojo that was having its grand opening that weekend. Savas was the only son to a wealthy Greek immigrant. He had recently taken over CEO of his family's company, American Ironworks. They specialized in large-scale construction and actually helped rebuild the Pentagon after 9-11. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it means a big deal. Yeah. Savas actually graduated from law school, but he never practiced law because he took over his family's Mm -hmm. business. He was infatuated with martial arts and actually collected samurai swords, thus opening and investing in this dojo. Nellie, the family's other housekeeper, was with him at the new dojo that he was opening up. Kind of cleaning and making sure everything was good. So when it opened, everything was in order. Jordan Wallace, who was 27, was Savas' personal assistant. He was also there. He had been hired by Savas just three months earlier. The two men had met at a racetrack where 10-year-old Philip had started Formula One go-kart racing. Wow. That's a very expensive Oh, I'm sure. How much do you think a race car or a cart would cost? I mean, Max races BMX and those bicycles are six, seven hundred bucks. Wow. So I never knew, I guess, go-karting. It's an expensive sport. Racing of any kind is an expensive thing to get your child into. So Jordan raced there as well. He became friends with the family and when he lost his job... Savas hired him to kind of be his personal assistant, his gopher, go do this, you know, his driver, whatever else Mm -hmm. he might have needed done. So I need one of those. I need one of those. So Jordan had access, complete access to the family. Sure. Yeah. So Amy calls Savas to come home. He gets there around 440. What happens next is a puzzle that has had to be put together by the investigators and evidence. We do know that Amy called Domino's Pizza and ordered two large pizzas, paid over the phone, and instructed the driver to leave it outside on the porch. Pizza delivery driver would later say that the house was completely dark when he dropped it off. We know that Savaz had text and left a voicemail for Nellie not to come to work the next day. He said Amy wasn't feeling well and Vera was spending the night. Also, that Vera's phone was dead, so Nellie could contact her family for her. So, Nellie and Vera had become really good friends. Mm -hmm. They were both immigrants and both women with children that they were trying to, you know, save money and send back home and all, you know, 
work hard for their family. So they become pretty close. So she was... Would that be unusual that a housekeeper... Because Amy was sick, but... You know what I mean? To not go to work? Because wouldn't she just be in her bedroom? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on... I mean, I never had a housekeeper. We had a nanny growing up, and sometimes she would stay over, if, you know. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it would be that. Hmm. So that wasn't a strange. Red, yeah. Okay. Nellie would say that what she thought was strange was Amy calling and telling him to come home because she wasn't feeling good because yeah. Vera was there. Oh, so good point. She had someone. She had to help someone her. there to help yeah. her. So yeah. why would she need him to mm-hmm. come home? We know that Vera's husband came over to the Savopolis house the next morning after he got home. So he worked nights. So when he comes home the next morning and Vera's not there and he tries to call her and she doesn't answer, then he drives over to their house, knocks on the door. He said he could hear like furniture moving around inside, but no one came to the door. Hmm. Savas called him and said that Amy was sick and Vera had drove her to the hospital. He wasn't sure which hospital they went to, but he would call and find out and let him know. So don't worry. Right. Everything's fine. And we know that at some point, Savas had called his accountant and had him to withdraw $40,000 out of their account and told him Jordan would pick it up in the morning. Jordan was called and instructed to get the package from the office and bring it to their house, open the garage door, and put it in the front seat of Amy's blue Porsche. He said he did what he was told to do. He leaves the home, and then he goes to Virginia. He Hmm. said it was around 11 a.m. on May the 14th, so the next morning. Right. So almost 24 hours after this whole thing had begun. Around 1.20, neighbors call 911 and report that the house is on fire. Trucks arrive at the scene and the firemen head inside, but it is a inferno. They clear the first floor. They crawl on their stomach, get up to the second floor. The smell of gas was so strong. Both the bedrooms and the bathroom were completely engulfed in flames. As the firemen are crawling along, one of them feels a chair laying on its side and like, so goes they to can't move even it. See. They can't see. Like oh it is so inferno. It's in, okay. Yeah, they're on their stomachs crawling. Oh so he goes to move the chair and he feels that it's heavy and so he starts feeling yeah. and there's a body taped to the chair. <sighs> so he drags it out to the hallway and then they find two more bodies taped to chairs. Vera is one of them. The Savopolis, mm-hmm. Amy, and Savas are the other two. Vera is still breathing, but barely. Really? So she's rushed to the hospital, but sadly she passed before they made it there. That's so terrible. So they're searching the other bedrooms. Um, one of them was burnt completely down to the beams. They put the fire out finally after about 30 minutes. The wow. bed is charred. The springs had melted into the floor. And the fireman goes to kind of step over towards it and starts to fall so he grabs what was later discovered to be the body of 10-year-old Philip. So, gosh, little graphic alert here if you yeah. want to skip ahead a few seconds. 10-year-old Philip had no arms, no legs, and no features, and it was found that he was the source of the fire. So... 
they had doused him in gasoline and set him on fire. Amy's throat had been cut and she had head lacerations. Savas had trauma to the back of his head. All three adults had been beaten, stabbed, and suffocated, taped to chairs, doused in gasoline, and set on fire. Little Philip had been stabbed and doused with gasoline and set on fire in his bed, in his bedroom. His autopsy said he died of thermal injuries, meaning he was set on fire when he was still alive. So he endured being yes. stabbed. Oh my god. And then gosh. set on fire. I know it makes me Oh want my to. gosh. Yeah, it's awful. A bloody baseball bat that was engraved with Philip's name that had been given to him by his grandfather on his birthday was found at the scene. Duct tape was also found in the driveway and on the chairs upstairs. A knife was found propped open a bathroom window in the basement and a blood-soaked comforter and two empty Domino's pizza boxes were taken into evidence. Amy Savopoulos owned a navy blue Porsche and it was missing from the garage. That's what Jordan had supposed to put the money in. Had put the money in and that Porsche was gone. So Nellie, the other housekeeper, went down to the police station and showed them the text and let them listen to the voicemail that Savas had Mm -hmm. left her. The neighbors were interviewed, but no one saw anything. The family had two dogs that were very aggressive, but no one heard barking, and there was no sign of an attack. Four hours later at dusk, the Porsche was found torched in a strip mall parking lot in Lanham, Maryland, about 22 minutes away. Security cameras saw a man walking away from the scene with a bucket but it was too fuzzy. You couldn't. That's the thing with those CCTV. 2015. Those CCTV cameras, though, they're not the best. No, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. I would think they'd be better by now, Right, but they're, yeah. Jordan Wallace is brought in by police and questioned. It's found that he has lied to the police several times. The first thing he told them is he didn't know how much money there was, and then they searched his cell phone records, and he had taken a picture and sent it to his girlfriend and said, you know, this is what I get to do today. It's $40,000. Why would he lie about that? Why do people, people lie about stupid shit? True. He told them the accountant took the money out and he was told to pick it up. He said he put it in the Porsche like he was told. He didn't see Savas or anybody else. Jordan's dad was a cop and in Maryland and had retired. And he actually lived in the apartment right beside the strip mall where the Porsche was found set on fire. Really? interesting. That's suspicious. Coincidence. But he had an alibi. He had a receipt from a hardware store at the, at the same time that the murders took place. Like, there's no way he could have been hmm. in two places at once. Police, FBI, and everyone else is looking for who did this to the Savopoulos family. They trace the calls going in and out of Amy and Savas's phone and text messages. They're investigating any and all leads. Then the lab gets a hit on some DNA that they found at the scene. There was DNA? Yes. One of the pizza boxes had a pizza crust inside, and so they swabbed it for DNA. How did that survive the fire of all things? Exactly. Pizza crust? So they swabbed the pizza crust, and it matches someone in their CODIS, and it was a man named Darren Wentz. What? Who was that? He was 37. 
Darren came from Guyana and was part of a huge family. He had actually worked for American Iron Works five years prior to this, but was fired. Mm. He was arrested outside the company with a BB gun and a machete. Charges were dropped, though. They didn't press charges. They just fired him, and that was that. He had a long rap sheet for assault and malicious destruction of property from an ex-girlfriend. The local cops, U.S. Marshals, FBI, and everyone else is looking for Darren. Yeah. Finally, one week after the murders, Darren is arrested by U.S. Marshals in Washington, D.C. He tried to say that his brother was involved, but his brother had an alibi. He immediately throws his brother under the bus. Oh, yeah. He was trying to get out of it. But his brother was at work. And, like, literally the time clock has him. Camera. He's there. Yeah. Okay. Jurors were shown photos of the crime scene and victims. Firemen were called in to testify. Firefighter Corey testified that he found Philip on the mattress upstairs. And that it had burned so hot that it melted into the floorboards. Mm. ATF agents determined the fire had started there and that gasoline was used to intensify the flames. D.C. fire official Tommy Rucker said Phillip's room suffered a complete flashover, mm-hmm. meaning it got so hot that everything burned. There was no gas can or bucket found, but matches were found at the scene. But I'm like, how do you know that those were not their matches? Yeah. True. So, that'd be like, oh, and we found a lighter in the house. Everybody has a lighter in their house. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lighter in your oh, house? Oh, yeah. More than 60 witnesses were questioned, some that linked Darren directly to the crime. His internet searches found that he had Googled how to beat a lie detector test. Top 10 cities for fugitives to hide out in. Okay, hold on. And five countries with no U.S. extradition treaty. Do we know the answers for, wait, top? We don't want to tell our listeners. Top country or what? Top five countries with no U.S. extradition treaty. So if you go there, they're not going to extradite you back to the U.S. On October 25th, 2018, Wendt was found guilty by the jury. 20 felony charges, including Mm. multiple counts of first-degree felony murder while armed, all with aggravating circumstances, four counts of first-degree murder in the counts of kidnapping. I didn't know you could be charged for individual. So you're not just charged with kidnapping. He got charged with kidnapping Philip. Vera, oh, Amy, okay. and Savopolis. Yeah, I didn't ever realize that either. Yeah, so all four. Huh. So then you get four counts of that, of four counts yeah, of four of separate counts. One, so yeah. everything he was charged with, he was charged it was with dub- or four times. Quadrupled. Yeah. Wow. I was wondering when you said 20 counts. Four counts of felony murder while armed, four counts kidnapping, and one count each of burglary, extortion, arson, and first degree theft. The judge declared Wentz's conduct incomprehensible and that the crimes were heinous, atrocious, and cruel. He was sentenced to four consecutive life terms in prison with no possibility of parole. He showed no remorse. What is wrong? He is currently Uh, appealing his sentence. Appealing under what? $40,000. You tortured this entire family Made her order a pizza, ate it, while they're probably tied up and being beaten, and you're just going to eat pizza? That's horrific. 
It's terrifying. There's something unsettling about that. The that whole thing unsettling. You're torturing a child. And oh, I can't you even. Have, and he had a child. He had a young son. Darren did. Torturing anyone's terrible, but what kind of person could have a child, I guess a sociopath, I, I mean, obviously. So the house has been torn down completely. Is anything there no, now? It's just, just an land. Empty a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. Wow. That would be... Well, it was burned. It was burned to the ground. So, Even, yeah. But you couldn't... Who would want to... No. So you want to hear some fun stats? Because you know I love a statistic. I think they're probably not fun. 22% of all break-ins happen in the back door. They come in through the back door. Okay. So, but most happen through the front door. Or window or okay. chimney. Who knows? 22% come in the back door. 23% use windows. More use windows than the back door. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Not yours, because yours are pretty shut. Good luck with that. There are 2.5 million burglaries annually in the United States. Mm. 66% of those are home invasions. That's terrifying. More men than women consider safety when purchasing a dog. I believe that one. Girls want a cute little... Not me. I want like a big... Not me. I want a ferocious blue healer. I want like a healer. Full mastiff and... Your dog is not ferocious unless it's other dogs at Lucky Lou's. <laughs> One of the owners said, we're Street Fighters. Exactly. <laughs> no, Charlie, I will say, he. if Samuel gets close to me, most of the time he gets, he doesn't like that. He's, he's protective. Very, he's very protective, protective of me. I think if a home intruder came and he knew I was scared, he would attack. He would do something. Yeah. I don't know. He'd be loud. of women lock the front door. Only 55? Wait. Really? Yeah. Jeez. 65% of people know the person that has broken into their home. That makes sense to me because they know the layout a little better, probably. Or And they trust you and they know your routine and they they know what you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over 60% of assaults and rapes happen during a home invasion. That's terrifying, too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It'd be bad enough to be raped. Be raped in your own home? Uh uh. It's like Night Stalker. Thanks for scaring me. I'm like, I have one more. 57% of women have taken a personal safety course. We should do that. 57%? 57%. That's actually a... That's a lot. Big, I'm, I'm proud of us women. We should do that. We should yeah, take a I've safety. actually considered doing that. We need to do that and record what we've learned. Exactly. You can, like, come at me and oh I'll, like, gosh. fight you off with my big arms. So, I was listening to a podcast... Yeah, exactly, with your big arms. (laughs) So I was listening to a podcast about safety and things like this, and it was, I'll find it and give it to you so you can upload it. But it was was a retired military, and he now taught, like, safety courses and things like that for women and things. And so he was going over some things you could do, Mm -hmm. some ways to be safe, which I found very interesting, like code words. What do you mean? Like a code word, like... Say you, this was you in this situation, and you called Sam and was like, you have to come home right now, I'm sick, because someone had a gun to your head, and they want him to come home, and they're going to hold you guys hostage. 
There's a oh. code word that you should have with your spouse or your child or your domestic partner, whatever, that if you say that word, they know to call the police and not to come home. And it can't be like something like obvious. It has to be very inconspicuous. Like this guy. So you won't accidentally use it. Well, this guy said that like he and his wife, their code word is hotcakes. So if he was on the phone with her and was like, all right, well, I love you hotcakes. Uh-huh. She knows hotcakes is their code word. So okay. she would not come home. She would call the police, but the intruder may think, oh, that must be her pet name. And vice versa. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think, if I heard you call Sam hotcakes, I wouldn't be like, what's that code for? True. I would think, look at these weirdos. Gosh, but I love that idea, but there, I don't know if he I... He would forget it. He would forget it. I wouldn't. I'd be like, hotcakes. And he'd be like, hey, why are you calling me that? He's <laughs> a joke. <laughs> choking on her white cloth. No, but, but no, for real. Need, yeah, you need I'll, like a cover. I'll attempt that, but I, the odds of him remembering... I need to, but it was even talking about like things that you could do with like your children. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have a fire plan with your kids. Like if the door's hot, you know, if the doorknob's hot, don't open the door or, you know, crawl on your stomach Mm -hmm. or, you know, go out this door and I'll meet you by the tree. Like you go over this with your kids. Like if there's a home intruder, you need to. But you need like that or or a code word. Like if, if, if I'm ever on the phone or if you're on the phone or talking to mommy and something's wrong and you can't say what's wrong because there's some use this word and mommy will know something's wrong. Hmm. So it was going over yeah, that. That's and I'm a like, really that's good, a idea. good thing I haven't to thought do. About that. No, to do with like your kids or your family. And like he said, he has his concealed carry. And he said that they also use that in those situations to where if they're like in a movie theater or a mall and you know, they're there as a family and he sees something alarming that may escalate to him having to use his weapon that he will tell his wife hotcakes hotcakes and she knows to get the children and get away from him oh wow no question no arguing no looking around get them and go and i'm like that's that's really you know to get them out of the way just Mm -hmm. in case something and i don't know maybe people think this guy's a psycho but i think that i'm all about being being proactive and being overprotective of your family i don't think there's anything being proactive i feel like is well that's one of the things i when we moved and the biggest thing i found was deterring people was the best thing you can do Uh, meaning like once someone's in your house yeah the uh, you know that's try to make them not want to get in your house pretty much so what i found is the number one thing, lights. Sounds simple, but lights. People don't want to be yes. seen. They want to be in- inconspicuous and right. hide around. So motion detectors, mm-hmm. solar lights where you're walking up a path. And another big one I read that I never thought of before, don't have big bushes near your front door where you can be easily ambushed. Really? Or big bushes in, in general where someone can be hiding pretty much. Like some people have those really tall trees sure. right beside their door. You could be ambushed that way. I have so a like, dead fern by my front door. No so one's going to hide in that no fern. No one's going to hide in that but fern. But like short, small sure. plants or whatever. And then, uh, of course, alarm systems and that kind of dogs. thing. Dogs. Dogs, yeah. So I have the dog. I got, as soon as we moved in, I got an alarm system and ring, which I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all those things. You can never be too safe. No. I want more. I, I'd have all the lights 
around the Sif Samuel wasn't like what? Lacey's house would look like the <laughs> airport. The planes would be confused. Yeah. <laughs> we have neighbors. You are super close to the airport, so Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but and then I've also heard about how you've probably heard of this too, when something's wrong or you can call a pizza place and order yes. a pizza. Or sorry. Nine one one. My bad. Yeah. Call but act like you're ordering a pizza. And call 911 and say, I'd like to order a pizza. And they're going to say, ma'am, this is right. the 911. And you're like, yes, that's right. I would, like a, yeah. I would love that. Just don't break character. Or anything else. It could be anything. Like, just pre- Chinese, pretend just you're, or not even a, a food place. Pretend you're talking to someone else. In this situation, I'm sure since she was taped to a chair, she didn't have a choice. I'm sure he probably... Dialed up Domino's, had pulled, held the phone to her face. So it's not, you know. Or same, I've heard about in domestic violence cases where someone is afraid and they're worried and they're like, oh, let's get a pizza. And so that 911 comes to your house pretty much. Yeah. But Those are good ideas. I'm all about safety tips. Hell yeah. Give me all the things. And also, another thing that I've read was for girls, single women who live alone, put your car keys beside your bed. Oh, yeah. And then if somebody breaks in, hit the panic button. Oh, that's a good idea. And your phone, your phone, your car Mm -hmm. alarm is going to be going off like crazy and your neighbor is going to be looking outside trying to figure out what's going on. Whose car is that? I know that's super annoying. Yeah. If it goes off long enough, someone's going to... Yeah, outside like you. One hundred percent. So that's a good little, idea. Little tips. If you have any tips that um, are safety related, yeah, let us know. Let us know. We want to know about that. That's we always love a good safety tip. I do. I was trying to think of others off the top of my head, but yeah, just that was a crazy case. I couldn't. It's so sad, you know. But it's almost like and those two. And I, it's something I didn't think about until just now. They had two daughters at boarding school. Yeah, and. They're teenagers. Parents. Their parents and, and their little brother. brother. Gosh, that breaks my heart. It's, it's heartbreaking all the way around. To be a mom and, the, and because obviously I'm a mother mm-hmm. and it just like puts a knot in my throat. I could not imagine being held where I could not get to Max and somebody oh, I know. hurting him. Like I cannot think of anything worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that. Because some people might think, well, why didn't she fight back? Well, when there's a kid involved, it's you not about do you anymore. Anybody tells yeah, you to do. Yeah, it's not about you anymore. It's about your kid. And if you think there's a chance that your kid's going to, you're going to do right. whatever they want. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, and unfortunately, sure bad guys, that. yeah, bad guys, bad people God. in this world, they know that your children are your Achilles heel. Like, mm-hmm. you will do anything anybody says to protect them. Of course, yeah. It's just heartbreaking. So, sorry my case was, I know we said no kids. Sorry. I broke the rules. It's hard sometimes. It's hard. Because, unfortunately, so many cases involve children. This guy. I can't. This bitch. Ugh. On that note. Well, we have someone bought us cocktails, and it was actually my sister-in-law, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. She bought us some drinks. I had two while recording this one because... (laughs) She had a day. It's been a day and a case. She's drinking a White Claw. I'm drinking a watermelon wine. I forgot the brand. I'm terrible at remembering We need more suggestions on 
drinks that Lacey can make. Yeah, oh gosh. And just drink while we record. So I won't put lavender. She's not putting anymore. that shit in anymore. I will flush it down the toilet. <laughs> oh, you but should have seen Ashley no. picking these lavender bits no, out like no. they were moths. It was terrible. It looked like it tasted like moths. No. It was Aww. awful. So if you have a cocktail suggestion, send us that too. Yeah. And if I don't make it, we'll go somewhere and get I'll it. I'll make it. <laughs> or we'll go somewhere I, and get it even I'd better. I'd love to see it. Love uh-uh, to see uh-uh. it. And where are we next week? Hawaii. Mm. It Aloha. feels like the, the inside of a volcano right now in Arkansas. It's so hot. It is. It's What is it? 397 feels like 100 and a million humidities. I'm swimming in sweat. Mm-mm. It's rough times. If you like what you hear, leave us a review, recommend us to friends, follow us on Instagram at United States of Murder. We post all of our pictures and that kind of thing on there. Yeah, case notes. If you want to see what the houses look like, the people look like, that's a good place to do it. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at US of M Podcast. What am I forgetting? Nothing. I'm so hot. I can't think. We're so hot. It's (laughs) my AC is having a hard time keeping up. Hawaii, here we come. Here we come. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Bye.